But anyway, so, hallelujah. So, Ephesians 1, 15, and it says, Because of this, since I first heard about your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your tender love towards all his devoted ones, my heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you, as I constantly remember you in my prayers. And so I want us to see, number one, in verse 15, and then look really quick at verse 3 really fast. So 15, we're going to look at verse 3. And he says, Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped in Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. Okay, and so so we celebrate him, and then in verse fifteen, we celebrate the expression of being in Christ, and we see all of us and wrapped in Christ, and we can celebrate the faith of God that's kind of alive on the on the inside of us, and and if we start here as a body of 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 say of seeing that our entire existence. Is is wrapped in the revelation of being one with Jesus, and we're and we're being we're being um, engaged and um, inspired by the beauty of Jesus and and the redeeming factor of of the work of God, the the Father factor of Him being so in love with us that even 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 before the fall that. Grace was 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 a part. Mercy was a part of the DNA of everything that he was saying and doing. It was his purpose. It was his plan. And so we find celebration. We find Thanksgiving that. And so for me, I think that Thanksgiving is a choice. And and but but ultimately, I can only find Thanksgiving in in the revelation of of the finished work of the cross. I have something to be thankful for. We 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 lose. We live as those that are not. We don't live by by our sight, but we live through faith. The the what God believes, what He knows to be true, and and so that's how we deal with each other. That's how we walk with God. And Thanksgiving arises, and that's how we move forward together in Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Ailey and I always have stewarded this in our marriage, and 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 we're growing in it every day. Is is to steward Thanksgiving for one another. That, that if I steward Thanksgiving, then guess what I do? I eradicate room for doubt and, and disgust to start taking root in my heart. I'm, 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 filling, I'm filling my thoughts with, 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 with what I'm thankful for about, about her. And, and it's the same way with, with, with God, that if, if we continue think on these things, you know, and he's he's teaching us even Colossians three about setting our thoughts, our affections on things above. It puts in a place to where I can recognize that that it's not when I, when I'm kind of frustrated or kind of being shaken in my life. You don't need to go back and sit there and say, "How can I strategically fix my problems?" What you need to do is stop in your tracks. And take time to give thanksgiving. Because in that moment, it starts opening our eyes to, to, to the realm that is above everything. <clears throat> and so I think it would be important for us as we continue to move forward with kind of um, planting and, and growing 
that when you're in a pioneering stage of something, I'm going to be very real with you, okay? When you're in a pioneering stage, that when you're on the, the, the cusp of, of breakthrough, when, you're, when, when everything is, 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 everything that you've been believing for is kind of playing out before you, that's, that's when the enemy wants to come in and steal, kill, and destroy before it even gets off the ground. And, and that's when, even with this fresh revelation of righteousness, that, that if the enemy can come in with deception and with lies to keep us from even stepping into the law of, of I, I am righteous, not for any other reason than, than the fact that Jesus came and put on flesh and conquered everything. If, 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 we can, if the enemy can stop us there, right before we even start allowing the goodness of God to, to awaken a, a, a repentive lifestyle of transformation and our mind being renewed, if the enemy can start throwing lies and we don't stop and say, when I'm feeling frustrated, when I'm feeling distracted and, and, and I'm feeling divided, I'm going to stop and choose Thanksgiving. We, that's, how we, that's how we can navigate relationships. It's how we can navigate um, uh, life in every aspect, Be, even your own personal growth, that when you're feeling... Um, like you're failing in every area or you don't feel like that you're growing or you're where you should be, I'm going to be honest with you. Navel-gazing hasn't fixed anything. And so you sit in there putting up on a, on a whiteboard everything that you've done wrong and saying, God, I need to figure out how, how to fix this. How about we stop doing that and shift back into the revelation of the goodness of God and the, and the power of the cross and giving thanksgiving that that even even if I'm not seeing it in my life right now, I'm going to celebrate the promise. I'm going to give thanks for what you've already done. Because he's the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's, he's, he sees us finished. And so, and so really thanksgiving is a prophetic connection. It, thanksgiving connects us to the finished thing. And if, and if you're having a hard time seeing where you're at and you don't have prophetic eyes to see what God's doing in your life and what He's doing in the moment, I promise you, spend some time partnering with Thanksgiving and your eyes will become clear. Your perception and how you, your vision will, will, will come alive. And so, um, <clears throat> and so that's just a sidebar. Praise the Lord. Um, thank you, Jesus. Um, and so... It's always so he says verse fifteen, verse sixteen, my heart is always uh full and overflowing with thanks to God for you. I constantly remember you in my prayers. And I will tell you this, can I tell you something that's so much more powerful? Especially for the married people. Okay. Do you see how he was remembering them in prayer? How was he remembering them in prayer? Through Thanksgiving. That's how he was remembering them. Not Lord Jesus, they are so full of crap, God. I love them, but they're full of crap, God. You know, I'm like, it's like, it's like, Lord, I've been praying for my spouse. No, you have been complaining about your spouse to to God. Um, and, uh, yes, no more complaining, God. Um, and so for me, I think that um, Ephesians, the, the 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 Church of Ephesus, obviously was not perfect. They weren't, um, uh, they had their own issues, whatever. But at the end of the day, when we're, when we're walking life out, the best choice, 
the most powerful choice is to give thanksgiving. And um, and that puts you in a place to where even if someone is legitimately off, okay, they're legitimately off, it puts you in a place to where you can effectively influence that, that person and partner with God, and you know that you have a pure and free heart as you're walking through life, right? And so I would rather celebrate and give thanks even remember people and partner with what God's saying over them than to complain. Because <clears throat> complaining sucks, and it fixes nothing, right? <clears throat> All right, verse 17. I pray the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. And, um, and, and the word here for, for know is uh, uh, epigenosis, which is, it, it is it's taken from the word gnosko. Okay, and so the word gnosko in in uh, Greek is is to to know someone to the full extent, not just sexually, but yes, sexually. Um, it is this this word here is epigenosko. It doesn't it doesn't with gnosko. It's and I know them. I know them deeply. I know them intimately. I've been with this person. Okay. But when but when they, but when it's translated epigenosco, it is it's full discernment. I know them correctly. I know them as they truly are, and so and so the, it, it it has the word. Uh, it comes with the word fully and precise, correct, and to discern and know. And so when he's saying here that he that he prays that that uh, I pray that the Father of the glory of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. Um, this is, for me, us kind of talking about coming to the place to where we're learning how to birth things in prayer or birth things in, in, in devotion. Um, I was, and nobody fall out. Okay, nobody fall out. Um, I, was, I was actually listening to a podcast because my mother's been begging me to. Uh, sending me every single one of them all the time. No, um, uh, <clears throat> but I, I decided to listen to it, and um, and this is where you're really going to fall out, okay? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I I was listening to um, Tim Sheets, and um, not that he's bad. I mean, I just I just don't listen to people. Like I just don't listen to people. Um, and usually, if I listen to a podcast, it's like maybe Bill Johnson or Damon Thompson, and so um, I, I, I extended my boundaries a little bit. Um, <clears throat> and he made a statement, and uh, he didn't hit on it long, but he just made a statement of, of uh, birthing things in prayer. Um, and and when he said that, it kind of marked me because I think that if if we're if we're not careful with with the message of of rest. That uh, and the message of like Jesus, our faith is is Christ's faith. That there's that that is one hundred percent the truth. There's no question that the faith that you have is Jesus's faith. It's not yours; it's His. But the question is: there's there's delegated authority that comes with that. That that God has entrusted us 
with with what he knows to be true. He's entrusted us with with um, knowing from the beginning to the end and seeing the finished work. And and if we're not careful, um, I think that what we could do. And I want to read this um, so that I make sure that it's um, kind of kind of what 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 the Lord was kind of speaking to me about, but. Uh, we're we're entering the school of birthing. I really feel as as a company, the Holy Spirit's inviting us into into a relational teaching on on how to birth things with Him in the place of devotion. Um, and a while back, it's probably been t- well, good gracious, it's probably been three years ago. Um, the Lord was was um, had been had spoke to me about how that He was He was bringing us into the delivery room. And that is what the school of birthing looks like, okay? With not um, not a not a table and chairs and in academic you know in an academic expression academia, but 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 in a real and raw relational expression to where he's teaching us how to expand ourselves and to learn how to push things with him. Into into a manifested existence, like it's actually manifested, um, and so we have the opportunity to learn how to birth things in devotion, to go beyond survival into a thriving existence that supernaturally transforms the world. Um, 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 and this is this is this is where I want us to understand this. This is where books and. Uh, you know, uh, ministry and creativity and all these things that we, we, we believe that God's kind of deposited on the inside of us, that's in those arenas where it actually comes to manifested, to a manifested expression. Um, because it's, it's, you know, you can have a word from the Lord about painting and design and, and woodwork or, you know, whatever that, that God's given us, but, but the place of birthing moves us from an immature expression to a mature expression. And so we move, are you ready for this? We move from a feel-good devotional need, okay, to a mature devotional existence that is connected to a purpose beyond our lifetime. That a lot of times in an immature expression, God still meets us because He loves us. Like that's, and he's not, he's not disgusted or angry. But in maturity says, I meet with God to feel good. Okay, and God's all about pleasure, because that's where He created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Pleasure. So He's all about pleasure, but pleasure causes the pleasure of God, the the acceptance of God, the love of God brings everything in our lives into order. Okay, and if any arena, and and listen, when when I'm preaching about disorder, I'm not sitting here pointing fingers. Okay, even in my own life, any area that there's disorder. It's, it's, it's the fact that the pleasure of God has not defined those belief systems that are causing the disorder. And so, yes, it's the goodness of God that still brings it all together. But at the end of the day, when I recognize that I'm fully loved and fully accepted, guess what happens? It causes a boldness to rise up on the inside of me. It causes us to be aware that not only am I loved, but I'm loved to the degree that I'm being sent out with a purpose to transform the world through the goodness of God. Um, and so, um, <clears throat> and we get free from our, our, ourselves. 
Okay? We get free from ourselves. And um, so God reveals his purpose and promise through prophetic utterances, revelation of scriptures, dreams, and visions. Um, But the manifestation of the seed has to be delegated to the beloved. So the seed, the seed form, prophetic words, you're getting caught up in Scripture, God whispering words of wisdom, words of knowledge to you. Um, if a dream or a vision or, or whatever comes, in that moment, if, if we're not aware of the delegation that's taking place, that He's saying, I trust you, I believe in you, I'm wanting, I'm wanting to partner with you and give this to you. And in that moment, if, if we don't recognize the significance of what's taking place, guess what happens? We count it as a feel-good moment, and we walk away, and we never steward the promise. And so for, for us, I, I want us to see that there's a lot of promises that God's kind of breathing on and whispering over, over us, uh, promises of creativity and, and, and raising up uh, entrepreneurs and, and you know, these supernatural signs and wonders and miracles. He's saying, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm, this is the moment for signs, wonders, and miracles. And if we sit here... And, and, and we turn it into a God does all the work and I just sit back and relax, that's not rest. That's not rest. Rest is, is a verb. Like, like when, you, when you read the word rest, even in the Old Testament, it's the idea of becoming intertwined. Like I'm, it's, it's, I'm, becoming, I'm, I'm becoming one with God. And... And so for me is this is is that I want us to embrace this revelation of rest. It's not by works, it's not by might, but it's by the spirit, but also to understand that when you fully know who you are in Christ, there's something supernatural that takes place on the way that you see yourself and the way that you see others and it causes you to recognize I was created for more than just stimulation. Right? So my thing is this. Praise the Lord. Getting a phone call. Um, <clears throat> immature people, ready? Um, immature people live for the one not stands, for the stimulation, for the feel good. But maturity says, I want something that's real and lasting to where we can steward. What's the, the byproduct of intimacy? I want to steward this with you. I want to have a child with you and steward this life together to where some days it sucks, but there's so much purpose and passion bubbling up on the inside of me that I don't lose the joy of what we're doing because I see something in the eyes of this child and the covenant of our relationship that goes well beyond what I can do or manifest in my lifetime, and I'm living for something that's going to outlive me. That's what raising children is. It's living for something that is going to outlive you. That's what the promise is. Every promise that God's give you. You know what I mean? This is my thing. I, I, want, to, I want you to take your vision back to the place of where the spirit of wisdom revelation is wrapping you up in intimacy. If, if your vision, are you ready? And only because y'all are here, I'm going to pick on y'all. I like picking on y'all. Um, but if your vision only goes to the point of a physical picture or a piece of wood, 
If that's that if that's if that's where it ends, money in the bank, then then you are missing your imagination being filled with the light of God. Because because every piece that you're creating now has the DNA of mercy wrapped up in it. And guess what? His word, his mercy, his truth, his power, it endures forever. And if our little if our little visions are so humanistic and isolated to just our world, then guess what? You're missing what God has for you. Because what was Gideon doing? Threshing wheat in a wine press. And when God showed up, he said, can you fix our problems? Right? And, and the angel was like, bro, you are a mighty warrior, and I'm speaking life inside of you to actually see transformation for generations. But what was he doing in the moment? Threshing wheat, hiding in isolation, doing something that would potentially maybe only benefit him and a few others, right? And because he was so deceived by insecurity and a lack of identity and the, and the, and the revelation of the promise of, good, of the goodness of God, that he wasn't able to get out of the hole and boldly move forward in advance to see the promises of God manifested in his day for his people that would influence generations well beyond him. Like we're talking about him right now. And we were having a conversation the other day. Um, um, I think it was Rebecca and Madison and me and Haley were sitting right here. And we were just talking about fame and about how the, the church has been so so tainted with the pursuit of fame and, and stuff. And Haley made a, made a statement that was super, super important to me was that we have to recognize there's a difference between influ- influence and fame. And for me, fame only goes goes to, to the to the to, to the distance of of the person's life. It goes no, it doesn't go any further. If, even someone, even someone who keeps a name going, you know, like like we can sit there and be like, everybody talks about, everybody knows Elvis. Well, guess what? In, but they they it doesn't go beyond what he did. It's not it's not transforming people's lives. And so for me, I was like, but but Martin Luther, who nails the ninety fifth thesis that we're literally living off of that revelation right now, that the message of righteousness that we're hearing today is because that man said it's only through grace and faith. And 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 we're building on that and it's and it's and it's influencing the the cosmos, creation, everything. And so for me, that's where we're moving towards is a place to where I'm not I'm not distracted by what I can get, but I want to give to a, in a way that transforms the world. And so, um, <clears throat> so revealed righteousness manifests a supernatural boldness, love-inspired responsibility, and the holy awareness of a partnership with, with the Godhead that leads to great exploits not worth buried in fear. I'm going to read that again. Revealed righteousness manifests a supernatural boldness, love-inspired responsibility, and the holy awareness of a partnership with the Godhead that leads to great exploits not worth buried in fear. And so the, the, the man with the great wealth gave, gave out talents to three. And the one literally took what he had and buried it out of fear and a misrepresentation of, 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 the, uh, of the Lord. 
And so for me is this, is that when we encounter the goodness of God, it doesn't take from us boldness to go forward. It doesn't take responsibility away from us. And it does not take away the idea that we're partnering with God to see the world transformed. Like, like Jasper is meant to not just look like heaven, but, but for heaven to permeate every aspect of, of, of this culture and, and the society that we live in here. And, and if I can't see that, and, and this is the thing, I want you all to do this. I want you all to accomplish great exploits. All of you. Every single one of us. I, I want your, your paintings and your creations to go as far as they possibly can. Okay? But, but at the end of the day, if we isolate ourselves... From, from the revelation of the body, and if we're doing what we're doing to benefit our own self, then what we're doing is, is we're ripping ourselves, whether you're an arm or whatever, you're ripping yourself from the body, and the body is handicapped because we're choosing isolation over, over intimacy with each other. Okay, and nobody's doing that in here. So please, I'm not, I'm not, <clears throat> it's just something that, that we have to be aware of. Um, and so, <clears throat> let's, let's jump back up, and I'm almost done. What, how long have we been going? It's okay. <clears throat> so the ecclesia that we've been talking about, the ecclesia is one body, a family which governs from a united, a unified destiny, purpose, and identity. So the body, the ecclesia is a family that governs from a from a unified destiny, purpose, and identity. Okay, this is this is what we've done within the church, and we've talked about this a lot here. Is is that the church has 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 been teaching this doctrine of individual destiny, individual destiny, individual destiny, individual destiny, and and for me, and I want to read this. So we're redeeming the prophetic promise of of scripture whether it be prophetic promise in Scripture or, or prophecy that we're receiving for our own personal life. is this. We're redeeming the, prophet, the promises of Scripture from a humanistic, individualistic interpretation that produces orphans and vagabonds. The Word of God is corporate. The Word of God is a corporate manifesto of complete redemption which unifies the body into a mature, functioning family. So, so this is what I'm saying is that Scripture is powerful. It's beautiful, and it is for us as, as, as individuals. But if, but if we're looking at our destiny as, as an individual expression, separate from the body, then what we've done is, is, is we have, we have we've created a means of producing something that you can produce in your own strength, but lost the catalyst of grace that literally permeates and causes us to go further than we could ever go if, 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 if we stay connected to the body that we're called to. You know what I mean? And so, um, and so some of this, I, I want us to understand that, <clears throat> that some of the language that, that, you'll, that I'm using can almost sound, because we've heard it and we've been there, manipulative. To where you're supposed to, you gotta, you gotta serve here and do here and be here, and that's why I really felt for us to really make sure that we continue to filter the language of the kingdom. Because guess what, the systems, 
the, the system called the church that is uh, broken has taken the language of the kingdom but removed Christ as the Godhead, as the preeminent one. And so the renewing of our mind is we can't throw out the language. We can't throw out the way because we it was tainted and we were damaged by it or hurt by it or traumatized by it. And who's all been traumatized by it? Praise the Lord. We've all been traumatized. Okay? We've all been traumatized. <clears throat> but... But but that's the thing. What I've noticed in in the, is, is in the in the traumatizing expression. You know what the enemy's used? He's wanting to steal the reality that we're all called to be servants. That's the trauma he caused was to steal the joy of serving the people of God. Because look at Stephen was feeding the widows and literally became. I mean, talking about serving. He didn't just feed them food. He allowed his life to serve the greater good of the church. And Saul watched him being stoned. And I don't, I don't question for one moment that the way that Stephen responded to that didn't initiate the stirring in, in Saul's heart that led to the road to Emmaus to where he literally encountered Jesus and it transformed his life. And the message of grace that we have now was preached to Paul that that Stephen said, I will give my life to literally the point of it being taken from me to benefit the widows I've been feeding. You think about that. Do we see, I mean, if you read the guidelines that they were putting up to to pick people who could feed the widows and the poor, that was a higher standard than a lot of our pastors have to live up to. Today, like, like, full of the Holy Spirit, character, purity, like all these things. Like, we're looking for men and women of God who are burning with the fire of God, and 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 He served, and that's what the trauma is trying to steal. <clears throat> the trauma is trying to steal us of of finding complete people who serve well are people who have who have their their identity satisfied in the goodness of God, because it doesn't matter, like like. With me even doing this, like it doesn't matter if if taking and recording my messages, literally sending it out and putting it on podcasts, it doesn't matter. Like it does not matter because at the end of the day, if I'm not fully in love with God and being marked with the love of God and loving the people in this room and serving the people in this room, then I can have the biggest platform known to man. And when I take my last breath, Love stands at the gate and says, this doesn't have access. That's what love does. It sits there and says, if it's not of me, then it cannot enter in with you. And so, and so anyways, um, we've, we've got to, if we're not careful, we've been conditioned to live isolated. I and mean, we've been taught by the church to, to live isolated. The reason is, is because egotistical leaders who want to be um, the man of the hour, the woman of the hour, but will, but will teach you that if you'll give and serve a little bit, and if I can gather you around to do this enough, then we can get this done. I don't need people who will, who will serve just enough to satisfy their conscience. We need people who love the, their life 
even unto death. That's what God's raising, a bride that says, I have been so loved that washing another person's feet is an honor because, because I'm looking for a way to give my life as worship to Yahweh, not figure out how I can get my destiny managed out and everything I've fantasized about, it starts playing out, and I'm sitting there saying, oh, God loves me, right? <clears throat> and so for me is this, is with every stroke of the paintbrush or, or hammer or, or writing or uh, serving or even cleaning this building, if, it's, if it, everything that we do is rooted in worship. Do we realize that? Everything we do is rooted in worship. So if you're worshiping yourself or you're worshiping God or you're worshiping another person, it does not matter. The way that we live, the vibration of our body itself is worship to God. It's worship. And so, and so if I'm doing it for myself, then guess what I'm doing? I'm taking worship from Yahweh and giving it to me or giving it to you. And so if, if, we're, if our doing isn't wrapped up in worship, that's what Colossians 3, let's read Colossians 3, and I'll, and I'll end with that because we ain't even hit anything, praise the Lord, but it's all right. <clears throat> let's look at Colossians 3 really quick, and we'll end it, we'll end it with this. And I'm going to be very careful drinking this water. And while, we're, while you're turning there, I do want us to know that what's happening is God is... I really feel like that our, our, culture, our culture of intercession has went through a real dismantling, okay, to say the least. Y'all, y'all may have labeled it, I don't know, uh, murder, <laughs> torture, uh, torture that led to murder. Uh, uh, but a real cultural transition of intercession because I never want intercession to be tied to step one, step two, step three. Intercession should be, like we said way back when, that Mary was the, one of the greatest pictures of intercession. She encountered God. Something got birthed on the inside of her. She stewarded it until it was full term and released it into the earth. That's what intercession is. It's encountering God intimately. That's what the Ephesians scripture is about encountering God intimately and then things are birthed on the inside of our imagination. But Colossians 3. Um, and we'll try to hit on the, the three prayers later a little bit more. But I really want us to be praying these daily over and over and over over our families, over our children, over this ministry, everything declaring over and over and over intimacy Illumination of our imagination and immense power being being released. Um, um, but anyways, so Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tide of this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God and Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are, will also be revealed for you, uh, will also be revealed for you are now one with him in his glory. Favorite scripture ever. Um, but I want to encourage you with this, as, as uh, ending with this, is um, we read this, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. 
And then we go, this is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Okay. We sit there and say, thank you, God, that your, your resurrection is my resurrection too, that you've gifted that to me. And then we read the next one as yearn for everything that's above. <clears throat> and you know what? We turn that in, you know what we turn that into? Striving. How can I yearn for everything that's above? How can I set my affections and my attentions and my thought on everything? That, how, how can my thoughts be freed from the natural realm and be defined by the supernatural realm? We turn that into a striving thing. But I want us to shift that into this phrase, okay? That I process life through worship. That is, that is what this is. The revelation that I have been resurrected with Christ. I'm one with Christ. And the way that I set and yearn for things above is to sit there and say, through every season of life, Holy Spirit, teach me how to process it in worship. I think the greatest picture of this, I was reading this this morning, and it hit me, of Bill Johnson's expression of walking with his wife passing. Okay? A lot of ministers that I've walked with, whatever, I'm, I'm not saying it's bad or good, but I know a lot of ministers that if that had happened, they would have shifted to angry warfare. That the enemy stole and now I'm going to kick his butt. And, and I'm not saying that, there's, that that isn't happening with him like, like it is. That he's redeeming everything that was taken. But instead of getting angry and pretending like you're you're fueling your anger towards the devil, because you're really angry. I mean, if we got real on it, the anger is the anger's angry at God. But but instead of saying I'm going to choose worship, and I'm going to get my understanding of this from the place of worship and being in in, in awe of God and choosing to go there than to go anywhere else. That, because when Bill Johnson said that I only have one opportunity to worship God in pain, because when I die, there's no more pain. And I have all eternity to worship Him, but not in pain. That is processing life with worship being the very focus of your existence. And that's what God is establishing in our own hearts, and our own lives, and in this family, is that everything that we do is rooted in worship. And, and from that, I'm going to serve you, and it's going to be worship to Yahweh. And I don't need you to like me. I don't need you to celebrate me. I don't need all of my dreams to come true. Right? Because this is my thing. I'm not saying this is the fact, but we have to have this deep down as a settling truth inside of us. Okay? That... What if every promise you've been given is fulfilled by the next generation? What if? And that can't shake me. Because an apostolic bride is a mother and fathering culture that says, I'm doing this not for me. I'm doing it for him as worship and believing that as I sow what I'm doing into the next generation, that the immense power of God is going to take this to a place that I could never imagine in my own uh, my own ability. And so, um, and so, anyways, praise the Lord.
Thank you, Lord. So let me read this and I'll be done. I know I said Colossians are in, but I really, I, the Lord reminded me of this. I need to share this. Um, a corporate or body paradigm of, 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 of processing promise and prophecy in the scripture. A corporate or body paradigm, seeing it through the body or family, eradicates competition, comparison, and compromise because it's the byproduct of Jesus being the head. The paradigm of filtering everything that God speaks to us, not just through an individual understanding, but seeing it through the paradigm of this is for the body. It's for the cosmos. It's for creation. It's not just for me. That's the byproduct of Jesus having preeminency in your life, Him being number one and the Lord of everything. And so it eradicates um, compromise, uh, competition, compromise, uh, and, and comparison. When Jesus the head, he's a Lord, master, friend, apostle, and lover of the individual, which is the seedbed for the corporate culture. Your individual life and my individual life is the seedbed. It's where God plants the seed for a corporate culture. And so if you are so caught up in yourself that you only steward the seed enough that you can benefit from it, you're limiting how it can bless the culture of the corporate body. Because guess what? God wants to give you books and pictures and creative expressions. But it has to go beyond a, a stewarding of the seed that just benefits us. I want to steward this for the reality that it's supposed to benefit the corporate body too. So God manifests the corporate expression through intimate relationship, which promotes unification and eradicates isolation. And so Haley said this this Sunday that I want us to, um, I want you to write this down um, because I really feel like it's a word for us that we're going to be um, kind of navigating as a body. And I want us to be praying into it. Uh, This is what she said while she was uh, singing and prophesying. The world is about to see, the world is about to see the expression of the fully loved family. A family seated at the table of his delight. The world is about to see the expression of the fully loved family, a family seated at the table of his delight. That's, that's what's happening in, in this family and, and in the ecclesias in the earth. That the fully loved revelation is defining our expressions so that... I hate to tell... I, this, is, this has not been taught. That in the kingdom, the individual... Are you ready for this? Is gone. You're neither slave nor free male nor female, right? Jew nor Greek. We like that when it comes to racism, right? And we like it when it comes to, you know, I can do anything that you can do. I can do better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like we like that. But in reality, what he's saying is, yes, it eradicates racism. You know, yes, it eradicates um, superiority of sexes. Yes, it eradicates those things. But it also eradicates you, Living as and for yourself because we're one body. And if we preach destiny and promise as it's all about you 
and, 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 and then use it to benefit the body. That's mixture. It's mixture. It's all about Jesus. And you lose yourself in Christ while also fully finding yourself. And so, um, and that's what's happening. We're, we are fully losing ourselves to being immersed in Christ so that we can fully live illuminated and we can dream, dream like Jesus dreams. And so, um, and so anyways, thank you, Lord. And so I want to I wanna read these real quick and let's pray over these. Ephesians 1, 17, 18, 19. <clears throat> and so, Lord, we just declare this over our families, over our own hearts, over, over Ridgeline Fellowship, uh, over the city of Jasper. Lord, we're going to steward... We're going to steward this well with you, Holy Spirit. We want to steward the face-to-face living with you and with our brothers and sisters well because this is the, this is the way the world's transformed. It's, it's, it's not just by getting a bunch of followers and, and likes and shares and money and fame, but it is through a life of being immersed into the riches of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Holy Spirit, we want to know the impartation of the riches of the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you, God. To know you intimately. To know you relationally. To know your purpose and your mission that goes beyond the head and triumphs in the heart. I ask you, Holy Spirit, I ask you, Abba, to impart the spirit of wisdom and revelation to this family like we have never known. We surrender to the spirit of wisdom and revelation tonight. We surrender our hopes. We surrender our dreams. We surrender our thoughts and our beliefs. We surrender our demands. We surrender our comfort. We surrender everything. Our children, our marriages, our finances, We surrender everything to the spirit of wisdom and revelation to where it all becomes the bedroom of devotion. Everything that we put our hand to, everything that we touch, every relationship is a a launching pad for deeper intimacy with Yahweh. Father, I declare that as we steward our finances, that we get kissed with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and we weep and we laugh and we shake under the glory of God as we write out our bills and we pay our tithes and, and we give, Father, that we're encountered with intimacy, that we become, that we know you more as we do the things that we do as we go on dates or as we work and do our jobs, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation 
would encounter those those natural realms and pull it up into the the supernatural realm. Thank you, Lord. We declare that the light of Yahweh is illuminating the eyes of our imagination, of our thoughts, of our dreams, that as we surrender everything, that light can bring life that we've never known before. And so, Father, I declare over Red Rooster Design that the light of God is filling the eyes of their imaginations, God. That, Father, we thank You that You are the Creator, the originator of Red Rooster Design, Father. And that, Lord, I declare that every limit to their imagination is overcome by light and life and truth, by the glory of Yeshua. God, over every degree of our of, of ministry, Father, over Ridgeline Fellowship, over the Willow Project, over, over, over Ridgeline Creations, God, Lord, we declare over every expression that's in this room, God, that as Alex is working at... Um, Oh my Lord, thank you Jesus. Nonfiction, praise God Almighty. That as he's working at nonfiction, Lord, that you are marking him with the spirit of wisdom revelation. There's an unending flow that's taking place, Father. There's an unending flow that is taking place, God. Father, we thank you that every single Person, all of creation is being drawn in to the overflow of your presence and your glory, God. That, Lord, that we're not doing what we do to make enough or meet, meet, have ends meet, Father, but, Lord, the abundance of heaven is marking everything that we do. Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, that marriages are being marked by the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That they're being marked by the light of Jesus. And that what we could imagine is being overthrown. We thank you for flooding. We thank you for the flooding light of heaven right now. Right now. Father, we thank you that what you do is not enough, but it's more than enough, God. Father, we thank you that the flooding of light is coming in. Jasper, you are being flooded with the light of of Yahweh. Lord, we declare that that Double Springs is being flooded with the light of Jesus. That Argo and Hoover... Mountain Brook, Father. Lord, we just declare, Birmingham, you are being flooded with the light of Yeshua. Lord, we thank you that, uh, that crack houses and, and, and regions governed by poverty and an orphan spirit, we declare that the light of Yeshua is breaking in. And that, Lord, I thank you that, there, that this light is leading them home to a family. A family that's governed by God. A family that's fully loved. 
by Yahweh. And I declare that we are experiencing the full revelation of hope of your calling. Lord, and that is the wealth of your glorious inheritance that you discover in us, your holy ones. Come on, guys, that is a statement. That God finds his inheritance in nothing else but in you and I. Thank you that you planted your glorious inheritance inside of us. And your light is unveiling it. Your light is causing a discovery to take place in our hearts and our minds. That inheritance dwells in the vessels of God. We pour out inheritance. The overflow is inheritance. It's not striving. It's not earning. It's discovering inheritance that's always been on the inside. Thank you that light is showing us the path, the pathway of worship, the pathway of honoring Yahweh. And Lord, we thank you that you're con- that we are continually, that we're coming into the continual experience of the immeasurable greatness of your power that has been made available to us through your faith. In our lives, I declare over each and every one of you that your life is an advertisement of the immense power that's working in and with and through you. Lord, I thank you that every bag of coffee, every every piece of wood, every every artwork, Lord Jesus, that every... Lord, I thank you that for Rebecca and for Mom, that as they walk these halls... I Listen, guys, I know that I can't tell you how much of a gift it is to know that y'all are weeping and dancing and shouting and interceding as you clean this building. It's an answer to prayer that I just didn't want things to get done, but I wanted it to be done supernaturally. And so Lord, I thank you, God, that when the kids are washing their hands, that oil is dripping from the faucets. That, Lord, that when they walk into this building, I'm telling you, this is the widow's, the, the uh, what is it, the widow of none? I think it's none. That her, her last son died, and she was going to bury him. And that's, what, that's what's coming in to y'all's lives every day. At your work, at the Willow Project, when you're going to shop, when you're going to eat, these people are just living to die. And Jesus stopped the funeral and raised her son to life. And I declare that when these people walk in these doors and the, or they walk into the gateway of your lives, wherever it is, that the resurrection power of Yeshua is encountering their lives. And the word of God is saying, you were living to die. 
(laughs) But I'm going to show you what real living looks like. And it's called life and life more abundantly. Lord, I ask that if anything that the Willow Project and Red Rooster Design or Musicality or uh, Ridgeline Fellowship and Ridgeline Creations, Lord, it, it's simply advertisement of the immense power of Yahweh. That every dream we have, God, let it be an advertisement of your power and your love and your glory and your grace.